1: Hello and welcome to Fertility Life Raft. It's so brilliant to have you here. I am Alice Rose and I am your host. And this is just a quick note to let you know that the Life Raft exists to make the world of fertility better. Because when I found the fertility world, it was not good. Things are really changing, but there's so much more to do. I completely understand from personal and professional experience how difficult this journey can be. So that's why I do what I do, why I have these conversations, and if you want to contribute to this mission to just make the fertility world better, then I have an invitation for you. In a second, press pause, look at your phone screen if you're on the phone, and pop over to the reviews, tap to leave one, and ta-da! You have contributed to the mission of this podcast to make the world of fertility better and I really appreciate it because if you do that, it means more people will find this show. Thank you so much. So, today I am chatting to friends Annabelle Gurnett and Amber Rizzo. Amber is an IVF mum to Joey, and her fight for IVF campaign a few years ago saw Cambridgeshire and Peterborough CCG overturn their previous policy and reinstate IVF for couples in their area pretty amazing she is a youtuber and much needed voice in the fertility world raising awareness and speaking about fertility and more on the podcast she created with annabelle am i overreacting annabelle has been trying to conceive since 2018 she says that after putting life on hold at first she now aims to live to the full and is about to head into more treatment Now, friendships when you're trying to conceive can be a total minefield and we had a really good chat about what happened when Amber got pregnant and had to tell Annabelle, how they managed to do it with both of them feeling connected and supported at the same time and what happened when they both experienced family bereavements at the end of last year too. Let's have a listen. Hi guys, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, thank you for having us. It's... thank you for being here I know we Amber and I were just sharing how ill we both were are so we'll we'll try and bring some fresh energy but Annabelle's feeling perky so that's good
2: yeah now I feel a lot of pressure I feel like I should have come with a lot of like just low energy and then it would have been we've just been matched <laughs> across but no, we need you we need you we really do
1: so I was just saying before we pressed record that I wanted to chat to you guys around friendships while trying to conceive and fertility and also other relationships in our lives that might be affected. It is the month of February. I'm going on a relationship theme for this month. And I've just been really, it's been really lovely to watch because you guys met on Instagram, didn't you? We did. Mm-hmm. Through the fertility world. But while you were both trying still. Yeah. 2021, we crossed paths.
0: Yeah, we sort of
2: started. Yeah, yeah, I think we kind of started following each other on Instagram. And then there was the occasional replying to each other's story. And I think we both got the impression that we were very similar and had very Mm. similar sort of sense of humor. And then one day Amber just (laughs) into my DMs with a hey, this is really random. And I know we don't really know each other, but do you want to start a podcast? And, and, that was that, that. <laughs> and I have to kind of caveat
0: that by saying, this is so, that is so out of character for me. It's unbelievable. Like, I do not do well with people I don't know, Um, let alone reaching out to suggest really? something like that. Yeah, massively, massively. But I just, like I say, we kind of just, what's the word? We were vibing.
2: <laughs> Let's call it vibing. Really it was like, you know, when you meet someone like noon, you start dating someone and you're just messaging constantly every hour of the day, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's what it was like. It was- The lovers really.
1: so bizarre but this is the thing right so platonic love and i i'm gonna say the word love because Mm. i think that there is a love a deep love that is fostered in friendships Mm. which can begin like this can begin with a kind of like i really like her and i really like what she's saying and i think that we have a kind of vibe and so i'm gonna go there and and hats off to you amber for kind of you know doing making that a first bold move and kind of saying do you want to do this thing together? Yeah. Because then it takes it that step further, doesn't it? What was your first thought when you had that proposition, Annabelle? What a fucking weirdo. Blot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, you Plot know what? Me. I I was so excited. And I'd been sort of seeing Amber online and thinking, this girl just seems like right up my street. Um, I love that she's like really passionate and driven I feel like Amber as a person Amber's strengths are my weaknesses and I feel like we really balance each other out like out in that sense and um but at the core we are identical because the more we got to know each other the more it was a yes same. oh (laughs) yeah same like down to like we're both Scorpios we got married like exactly the same weekend but yeah, different, exactly. years. Like, In different, different years like so I was a year after Amber but literally like one or two days apart like our, everything about us is really really similar so yeah it was it was really really nice when she first met me and then it just grew from there blossomed. Ooh, it
1: blossomed it blossomed mm. I, I love this story because it's, it's we don't hear about it enough of that kind of you know the power of female friendship as well particularly mm something really special and that the way that you it's really interesting isn't it that you kind of saw each other online and had that thing and then it became clear that there was like loads of other stuff that you had in common so there was just something about that energy or whatever that came across that you just were like yeah this this feels good yeah I mean we met up like we decided that we weren't gonna there was no way we were
0: gonna do the podcast before we'd actually met in real life and decided whether or not it would work because it's one of those. I think it's very easy to text back and forth, but actually sitting down and having a conversation. And obviously, when we first started the podcast, it wasn't a fertility podcast, it was just literally anything and everything. So we needed to know that we could bounce off each other. And we met like we only live about an hour apart. So we kind of met in the middle. And I just remember like walking up to her and just being like, Hey, oh my God, you're really tall. Um and <laughs> And B, just, we just went for lunch, didn't we? We just went, went for a bit of a walk. We had some lunch and it, we just really bounced off each other. And I think we both got home and were like, yeah, this is going to work. But we just spent the whole lunch, like Annabelle said, just going, yeah, same. Oh, my God, me too. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was great. And two years later, well, over two years later, here we are.
1: And the thing is, what has happened in your lives since then, in both of your personal lives and your fertility journeys, and especially over the last three, six months, especially, which we'll, we'll we'll talk about as well. There has been lots of, I guess, tests of this friendship. I don't even know if that's the right word, but I think I know that you will both understand this from a personal perspective, but also I know that you will have had lots and lots of people, I'm sure, like contact you about the challenges of having a friendship when you're both trying to conceive and then one person gets pregnant and has a baby and the other one doesn't. Like, how has that affected everything? Like, tell, tell me about how you've navigated that as friends.
0: When Annabelle and I met, like I say, it was the end of, tw- I think it was October, 2021. I'd already had two failed cycles of IVF. I had started the campaign. I was already like knee deep in this journey. I mean, I was more than knee deep. I was up to my neck in it by this point. Although we were both on the journey, we were both at very different points in the journey. I think it was something that we kind of had to discuss when we started the podcast, because two months later, I started my third cycle. It was very unusual, I think, like in my head, I'd always prepared for it to happen to Annabelle first. And then it didn't. It happened to me. And Annabelle knew how much we'd gone through to get there, which was obviously a factor. I was sharing my journey on social media but delayed so Annabelle knew when it was happening she was somebody who was kind of on the journey with me as it was happening but the day I actually found out it was successful Annabelle knew when my test day was and yet when I actually got that positive result although we'd had these conversations we'd caveated it and we knew that you know, either one of us were going to be happy for the other, but you know how we navigated that. We you can never be sure. I think it's very easy to say, "Oh, I'll be fine," because I know the journey it's taken you to get that. I don't actually think that's always the case. You can never prepare for it, really. You can try, but you're never going to know how you feel. And so then, when I did get the positive test, it took me all day to text her. Like I just I found it really really difficult. I didn't know. Annabelle knew. And I think as soon as I text her, I think it was the quickest that you've ever replied to me in my entire life. Oh
2: my God. I think I just texted you saying hi. <laughs> I had my phone on me the entire day. And oh. it was probably, yeah, it was about, I think it was late morning, early afternoon, maybe even later than that. And I was coming back from a dog walk with Matt, phone in hand, and we were talking about Amber. And I was saying, I, th- I think it's worked that like if it hadn't have worked, she would have messaged me. She would have just ripped off that bandaid and been like, it didn't work. I don't want to speak about it right now, but it didn't work. So in my mind, I was like, I think it's worked, but I'm not going to message her because she will tell me when she's ready. So as soon as I got the message from Amber just saying hi, I stopped, I am like, Matt, stop, stand still. We need to hear this. <laughs> and was- oh my God, it was such a good, it's so exciting. It was such a weird
0: thing to navigate though, I think, because like, I mean, we were very open about it. And like I say, we'd had these discussions and I think as the pregnancy kind of went on, I was very aware of how I felt when the shoe was on the other foot and my friends were pregnant and things like that. And I did find it really hard. I'd go for scans and things like this. And I think beforehand I'd kind of text Annabelle, be like, are you in the the headspace to see a picture today or are you not? Like, it was very... I didn't know how to handle it so I always felt it was best just to kind of try and caveat that first and then obviously I had a baby shower Annabelle came that was very much like please don't feel like you have to like but I would mm. of course love you there but if you don't then that's absolutely you know I had another friend who who didn't come on that basis and I think it was very that was always absolutely fine for me I was completely okay with that so it almost gave you the option like very much wanted you to be as Involved as she wanted to be. And it's definitely hard to navigate because you don't know how, even being pregnant, I didn't know how I was going to feel going through that. I didn't know if I was going to be an anxious mess or if I was going to love every second. And I did really enjoy it. And it was, I found it really difficult to hide that. And I think it was therefore, it was definitely, I think, a complex thing to try and navigate. But I think we did it really well. And actually, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's impacted things that much
2: between us no I mean I remember one moment like you say you always were like are you in the right headspace to see this do you want to and I remember one time being like yeah send it over and I was on the loo because you know you're always on the loo when aren't you? And, <laughs> and Amber sent me over this scan picture and then I finished peeing and I wiped and I just started my period and so I messaged I Amber it. back and I was like that's really cute I just started my period what <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> and I so it just
2: that. It was never in a, oh, I've just started my period, blah, blah, blah. You're sending me the... It was just... Mm. It always just felt very natural and very easy. And I'm quite a fickle person. So I genuinely was just overjoyed for Amber. I'm not always like that. There are other people where I do find it really difficult. But I think because I'd felt like I'd gone on that journey with Amber... because I'd known when she'd started the IVF cycle and when she was testing like the transfer all of that I'd been a part of and so it felt like I was like another person involved in this and Mm. so it always just felt really positive.
0: I I remember recording episodes and we'd have to like pause and we'd have guests on and because nobody knew I was doing it at that time we'd be like recording an episode and I'd like quickly look at Annabelle like I've got to kind of, and I'd turn my camera off and the mic and all the rest of it and really quickly do an injection while still trying to do an interview. And I just like you were so involved, like more involved in it, I think, than some of like my closest friends that I've known for years and years and years. So I think that did completely change the kind of way it played out for us.
1: I think that's really key to say, isn't it? It's always about communication, I mm. think, with friends going through this. And the fact that you were able to navigate that through communication is Probably, as you say, why it worked. Mm. And the fact that you were so part of it, I think that's what can feel so alienating and isolating for people. You know, that I get a lot of people in my membership who are like, I don't, I feel like shit because I'm so isolated from my friends who don't understand how to communicate with me. I want to be involved, but I also want it on my terms. And that's, it sounds like that's a complicated thing for a friend to do. And actually, it's not really. It's just exactly what you did, Amber, which is that kind of like, I want to share this with you. Are you up for it today? And mm. and I think that that was great that you did that kind of not every single day, but as in like every time you were going to share something to keep checking in as well, because you don't know how you're probably going to feel kind of not no. know what's going to be coming up. Right.
0: No, exactly. And I do think it was very um, because I'd gone through what I'd gone through. I think it does make it easier to communicate with somebody who is going through it. I think you're much more. I really do believe I believe that people can educate themselves. And I think people can do it should they want to but I do also understand that until you've been through it you really don't understand it so I do think that made it easier for us in that aspect but also I do have to say that I feel like it's a real kind of testament to our friendship the way that we handled it because like I said we only started the podcast in the October so really we only started speaking maybe end of August September time like there wasn't that much of a time frame so we'd only really been friends for three four months at this point point. To then go on and handle it the way that we did, I think, A, shows Annabelle's strength and the way that Annabelle handled it. But I just feel like it really kind of proves how solid that foundation was for us and how it didn't really have a huge overarching
1: impact. Yeah, it's amazing. Annabelle, what was your, so you were just saying, like, it was just an amazing moment when you got that message and you just knew Because I know there's going to be people listening to this being like, but how? How has she got hurt? Because I know that this is not going to be the case for lots of people. And if it isn't for you, by the way, it's okay. Like, that's totally normal. But talk to me about that.
2: The times where I've really felt hurt and let down and angry by pregnancy announcements is when I feel like they've been handled insensitively or they've been out of the blue, that kind of stuff. So I think for me, being along the journey with Amber and Amber's level of communication and her respect for me, despite this being like the most exciting time of Amber's life, she never bombarded me with stuff. Whenever it was going to be about baby stuff, it was always, always, you know, are you okay to talk? Like, how do you feel about this? Do you want to talk about this or not? Because it was very much a give and take. Like not one person's feelings became more important than the other person's. And I think previously, like when people have got pregnant, suddenly, like, that's the big thing. That's the only thing we're going to talk about. This is really exciting, which it totally is. And everyone's entitled to have that level of excitement. But with Amber and I, it was never a case of one person's journey became more important than the other person's. And I think because Amber remains such a huge support system in my treatment and sort of my own sort of fertility journey. Seeing her with Joey, it's just more kind of motivating, I guess, rather than it feeling like I've been left behind. Amber, you might not remember this, but I remember making a reel ages
1: ago, years ago, about pregnancy announcements and about like, hey, this is a really useful list of things that you can do when um, yeah. you're announcing a your pregnancy. And it got quite a lot of attention at the time. And then the trolls came. Oh, always. And, oh my god! Always. Uh, I it was one of the first ones where I was like, "Oh, um, like, I was literally like, how can you not see that this is only good stuff? Like, it's not all of the things that I was saying. Which is all the stuff we always say, right, about announcements and how you can share them sensitively. Which is things, just things that we know, right? Like." don't don't do it in a group like don't do it out of the blue don't ambush people with it it's and it doesn't take away from your joy and that's the thing that people were getting all up in my face about in the comments with this reel people have a right to you know be joyful about their announcement I'm like yes absolutely lovely it's really lovely and important and exciting and you can do that while being sensitive and I remember you being really kind and coming in and kind of supporting me and I was like thank you Amber always (laughs) Always when the trolls are about I'm nearby. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but,
0: near <with> lightsaber.
1: <laughs> there's something around that, isn't there? Is that the trying to conceive community get this to a point where other others really just don't and kind of can only see one. View of things, which is that the pregnancy announcement does have to become the all, the be all and end all, and it, and what you said there, Annabelle, is like, yeah, it's it's really brilliant and it's so exciting, and also it doesn't invalidate what that other person is experiencing, and both of these things can be held at the same time.
0: Obviously, it's difficult if you're you don't know that somebody's going through it, and I think a lot of people do keep it private, and of course they're well within their rights to do that, and that's absolutely fine. But I think it does make it trickier if you don't know, of course, because you don't know to censor cool. it almost, but. Yeah. For me, I think the important thing has been and when I've been in situations where friends of mine have told me that they, they're they pregnant and all the rest of it, I don't think that is a right answer. And I think that's the thing. Like for me, I've never been too bothered about people telling me to my face. And yet with other pregnancies, it's I'd rather them text me. And it's very dependent on the person and what that relationship is. I remember one friend rang me and I was furious that she'd rang me and not told me to my face. But then there was another time where I got a text and I was like, OK, I really appreciated that. It's all very hit and miss. So I think it's so right that the communication is what's key here. And I think by talking to those friends and almost we'd kind of caveated how we'd want to be told in those kind of situations. We'd had conversations about it, so on and so forth. I've had conversations with other friends about it. And I think that is the important thing, that there isn't a one size fits all, that there are different options that you have until you have those conversations with that friend. I had somebody message me on Instagram the other day, actually, to say that she'd found out that she was pregnant after going through numerous cycles of ovulation and ovulation induction. And her best friend was in the middle of an IVF cycle and it had worked for her, but the person going through IVF was having a really hard time. It was looking like the cycle was going to be canceled. And she kind of said, I don't know how to approach this. It's the only one that they can afford. How on earth do I go and do this? And my answer was the exact same that it's, it's, it's that communication. How would she want to be told? Like I can't, I can tell you how I would want to be told, I'm not that person. I'm not your best friend. So I I don't know.
1: Yeah, you're completely right. And I think that having the, you use the word respect for the other person's, um, you know, I think respect for like, how they can handle it as well. Because the worst is when people kind of assume that they can't handle the news, you know, and I've had to do this several times working in this space, I've needed to announce pregnancies, twice. And mm. that has been really um challenging, given that, you know, the majority of my followers on Instagram were right in the middle of it, given that my whole entire business is focused on supporting people going through it. But what I have learned is that whoever is following me or whoever is listening or if it's in a friendship, if I can't respect what they're able to handle, then that's where the communication breaks down. And it's like, look, I need to tell you this. And it's really important that this is shared in a way that i feel comfortable with too and that you feel happy with and then we'll
2: we'll see what happens you do you do what you need to do and i think that that continues beyond the pregnancy for me i wasn't i was very happy for amber but i wasn't bothered in a bad way about amber being pregnant but what what i was nervous about was okay what happens once the baby is here because i've had experiences in the past where it's then you're on completely different paths and I can no longer relate to the biggest thing in Amber's life. Up till then I could, you know, I could relate to the infertility issue, you know, the fertility issues and all the rest of it. But as soon as the baby's here, like, I don't I don't know anything about that. I don't understand what you're going through. And so I had to accept that perhaps Amber and I wouldn't be messaging quite so much because she would have to have a new support system And I trusted Amber and I vocalised this to Amber. I said, you know, I'm worried what happens if we sort of drift apart because of this. And so I think we kind of made the concerted effort and it definitely helped having the podcast because Mm -hmm. it forced us to speak to each other for a couple of hours each week. But there just, there had to be that kind of just acceptance that I'm not going to be able to relate to what's, what's happening in Amber's life. In terms of this, for me, that's the difficult part. It's not so much the pregnancy. It's what comes after the pregnancy. But I think, I mean, I think you've still done okay. Uh, yeah, I would say we have. I mean, we've but, seen each other
0: more in like the last, like two months than we yeah. have ever.
2: <laughs> but I think that's because you don't tend to message me and be like, you'll give me like the general updates, but I don't get the details of what's going on with Joey. Not because, you know, I don't want to hear them and not because Amber I'm sure doesn't want to share them, but just because it's, I'm not the best person in Amber's life to hear all that. And it doesn't mean that Amber doesn't like me anymore. It just means that she's got somewhat, you know, other people and thank God she does. It's brilliant that are best suited for those conversations. For me, it's about knowing your audience.
0: Like I have friends that I've had friends that that I've been friends with for years and years and years and years that are not trying, that are not anywhere near being in that stage of their life that I don't speak to as often anymore because it's just it's natural progression like you say you're on different different courses in your life whereas I think Annabelle and I like you say we have the podcast but we do still have things to talk about outside of my son and I think no Annabelle's not the person that I'm going to text at three o'clock in the morning going Jesus Christ I've just had to clean shit off my wall like she's not that person for me which is fine and I think you know you just like in everything you have different different relationships for different purposes and I think we are generally a good all-rounder Annabelle has come down she's met Joey she's she's been around him she's brilliant with him may I say and I just think it's different and it's different horses for different courses so they say and I think it's very much like Annabelle's a person I will text if I'm having a really shit day at work and I need to get that off my chest or if Marco's pissing me off or if I've tried a very nice wine she's the person that I'm going to recommend it to like it's it's a different and I think that's okay I think it's okay to have a friendship that isn't centered around your Mm -hmm. child and I know that that's really hard for some people but for us I think it's just worked.
1: I think what you have just said there is basically summing up all the reasons why you need to have a life outside of fertility and outside of motherhood as well. Because oh, for that, sure. <laughs> that, that's, who, that's who you are and that's who you are. And, yes, we evolve and change throughout our different experiences, but essentially Amber and Annabelle, the friends, are still – really good friends because you get on so well and because you have that spark and that vibe that you found right at the beginning um there are other things that have happened over the last three to six months so Annabelle you've had a huge bereavement in your life your dad died um in November and Amber you lost your granddad as well and so while we're talking about this relationship and the friendships how has how have those losses impacted your friendship and the the friendships around you what what's come up for you as you've been going through these different fertility journeys
2: for me we knew that you know my dad was unwell he had cancer but the the death itself was very quick um sort of it all happened in the space of four days and so we were still recording the podcast at this time and so Amber was just stepped straight in and was like, no, forget about the podcast. It's fine. I'll do it. It's fine. She kept on messaging me, not in a sort of mean way, but like in a very positive checking in on me kind of way, because she knows that I'm the sort of person that I'm not good at just messaging and being like, oh, I'm having a really bad day. I have to be asked. And I usually have to be asked two or three times before I will give the actual answer. And Amber knows that. And so she was so, so sweet in the way that she just kept on checking in and it was always a here if you want to talk you don't need to reply but I'm thinking of you and then Amber's granddad died it was kind of within the space of a couple of weeks yeah um, it was actually in about 10 I think about 10 days for each other yeah and so all of a sudden it was a case of okay right um what happens next because I was then in a position of god I want to be there for Amber but I I I don't have that energy to give And then at that point, Amber then didn't have the energy to give to me. And so it just became this, we're here for each other, but we're just going to give each other some space for a bit. And again, that's why it helps having a sort of strong friendship is because we knew that we were there unconditionally for each other. And if one person needed to chat, you know, we were totally on board with that. But we were also just giving each other the space that we needed to just let things settle because when someone dies it's just it's like a bomb goes off and it's just it causes so many different emotions and the ripples are just huge in ways that you do expect and you don't expect and to have someone that you don't feel like you need to reply to but is there is really really it's crucial
1: it's really moving, actually, to hear like what, how you have supported each other in those really big moments of your like the biggest moments, the biggest moments of mm. your lives. Really, you know, pregnancy, losing a parent these are huge, huge moments, and you'll never forget that. And I think that's such a a hopeful tale, really, for anyone listening. Like that, friendships can absolutely um, survive if that communication is there, and if it's a strong friendship. I think that that's really powerful to hear. Amber, what what are your what, what came up for you as you were supporting Annabelle through this and also, of course, going through your own loss? I
0: mean, I think our losses were very different for obvious reasons. And I think I have been very, very fortunate in my life to have never lost, never really lost anyone up until now. My granddad was poorly for a very, very, very long time. He's been ill for about 11 years. So we've been expecting this for a long time. I think it was very bad timing that it all happened at once for us both kind of like you say it kind of meant that neither of us really knew how to be there for the other one as openly as either of us would have liked Annabelle had kind of kept me updated if you like throughout her dad's entire illness like we I knew what was going on we were due to record a podcast and you'd obviously text me and said I need to go to Scotland and I don't think I'm going to be here for me it was a no-brainer and to me it was well that always comes first like why the hell would I ever have an issue like we decided that was it we were just going to wait and see how things how things went um I know it sounds really shitty when people say I can't even imagine and I know that it's almost one of those where if you can't even imagine how I feel imagine how I actually must feel and I couldn't even fathom what Annabelle was going through and that I found really difficult because I didn't know how to I I don't know what I would need in that situation so I didn't know what Annabelle needed so for me I think it was very much just try and let her know that I was there and I think it's very different like when we did our podcast I was speaking about the fact you know at the end of the day I was very lucky that my granddad did get to meet Joey and it, even though we never thought that would be a possibility so even though he doesn't he didn't know him he, he had Alzheimer's so even though he had no idea who he was and all the rest of it he still got to meet him and I think that was a real resounding thing when we were talking on our podcast about about this that that opportunity for Annabelle, isn't here anymore for her dad not you know for me it's a grandparent you expect to lose a grandparent at some point in your life you know I never expected to get to 30 and him still be here to be totally honest but with your dad it's it's completely different and I'm not articulating this very well but it was very very difficult I think to to try and comprehend what somebody's going through but also try and be there for them and I do think in the first kind of like you say up until my things started happening with us and and my granddad died and everything was very full on at that it's very much like they say things happen in threes don't they and I think I had a couple of weeks where everything just suddenly went wrong all at the same time but you try and do whatever you can to be there and I think I I did really try to be that support system and I think you're so right actually that I'd never thought of it that way that since we've been friends there have been colossal things that have happened to each of us that we have been pillar points for And I've never, ever, ever actually realised that and that actually some of the most huge formative things that have happened to us have happened together.
1: And the ripple, as you say, Amber, as well, like you're both still now, what's been brought up, as I was listening to your podcast this morning, was around like, actually, I think it is time for us now to go back into treatment. So you're Mm going to go back into treatment. Amber, you're also going back into treatment. So you're both kind of still very much in the fertility world, navigating this now from different places. So how are you feeling now about heading back into treatment? What's coming up for you guys?
2: God, I think a mixture of everything. I'm on the one hand really excited to get like the ball rolling again. but also because this will be my second cycle, the first cycle was cancelled after the egg collection. We didn't get any embryos, none of my eggs fertilised. And so now I think I've lost that kind of naivety of that first round, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And so I've got this excitement of being like, right, okay, let's try and sort of start making progress again. Because we ended up, you know, after our round last year, which was in March, we, for one reason after another, we were putting it on hold, putting it on hold. And then obviously with dad it was just like okay well I'm not in the mood to then start doing it um so we had a couple of consultations but it was very non-committal but I think losing dad it just it's given me that sort of kick up the arse because I don't want to I don't want to lose anyone else in the family and you know touch oh god I don't have any wood near me but touch wood (laughs) um (laughs) no one else in my sort of like immediate family or Matt's immediate family you know everyone's healthy so hopefully that continues staying the same well but also I don't want it to get to a point where someone is you know diagnosed with something or anything like that I want us to have as much opportunity as possible for our you know any potential children that we might have to be with their grandparents so yeah it's 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 a mix of excitement and nerves and boredom because it's just like why have I got to do this it's rubbish it's not exciting it's a real mix and it's just um it changes every day ultimately it's just given me the sort of kick to be like right let's let's crack on it's time to put ourselves first again
1: and it feels like you're really well resourced in terms of how you're going to be approaching it and you've got amber and you've got your support network and you've got your podcast which i'm i'm sure is going to be like a huge kind of piece of your support as you go mm. through this or not you're going to be sharing day by day i don't know but but even just having that kind of you know space to to come into where it is so understood and that's what's so powerful about these conversations how are you feeling amber as you i know yours is a really different thing isn't it so yeah really-
0: i think i change day to day and i think in all honesty i'm very much like the reason we're kind of doing it now is because i feel like it's now or never and i know that people will almost roll their eyes and say well time is on your side i'm i turn 30 at the end of this year and it will have been 10 years i was very young but 10 years since i came off the pill 10 years of my life has been dominated by this, that now I just want to call it quits. I'm, I'm, I'm so done with it. We have four embryos on ice. We've made the decision only to try once. Uh, we will only do one transfer. And I do feel okay with that. Like I feel, I can honestly say that I'm, I am so happy right now. And I am living a life that I never, ever, ever, thought I would get to live for an abundance of reasons I think Annabelle I texted you about two weeks ago saying I just I I need to just say I can't believe this is my life I, f- I feel very 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 complete at the moment and it's lovely but I am nervous about God. I don't want to do treatment again to be totally frank I cannot be doing with it again very much of the opinion that I will never do another egg collection again I've done it three times I'm, I'm done that I just want I want to close the door on it and another child would be so lovely and I feel so strongly about that that if I if I was not sure I wanted another child I wouldn't be doing this but for me now I'm very much if it's not meant to be then it's not meant to be and my son is more than enough and I never thought I'd have him so I'm fine with it in that sense I'm nervous because a few years ago I got to a point where I was in the middle of a cycle just as we went into lockdown actually and I'd just finished a second cycle. I was leading my campaign. I also had like a membership hub portal where everything everything I was doing was IVF related. And now my life is mirroring that in some aspect in that I, my podcast is fertility related. I'm talking about it again. I'm about to go into treatment. And I now work in an IVF industry. I'm very much in the industry now employed. So my whole life revolves around IVF in every single aspect of it that I am a bit nervous about how that will impact me. But I'm very lucky to have a very good support system around me. And like I say, what will be will be. But another thing that I think helps, and I think for me and Annabelle, and is one of the reasons I think that our friendship has been the way it's been and the way the reason we've been able to be so supportive of each other is because I think the way that we view treatment is very much aligned and we are very much, both of us have always kind of had this mantra that we want to still enjoy life and we want our life to be, more than just fertility treatment we don't want to become consumed by it just before mine worked Annabelle has said numerous times on our podcast that I me actually being pregnant was something I hadn't planned for I'd planned for every other eventuality and I think we're both very much like that we're both very much right let's crack on let's still enjoy this let's still do this life doesn't have to stop and I think we're one of us a bit more consumed by it and very much you know our whole life is very sad because of this. I don't think it would work as well as it does, whereas I think we're both quite balanced in that. Both have the same outlook. And even now we're both going into treatment and it'll be shit and it'll be all the rest of it. But, you know, neither of us are afraid of an espresso martini from time to time. So it, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: it works.
1: I think that's it. And, you know, having people in your life, they say you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So if you both having, you're you're both going to be like, Influencing each other on some level to remind yourselves to not be considered You know, you know that's what I'm all about. That's what the Life Raft is all about. If you're listening, join the Life Raft because it's going to help you get into this mindset. Um, but this is what it's about: is around living your life while also holding. Obviously, you have to put this, um you know, pretty high on the priority list for for a, as you're going through treatment. It needs to be there, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop living your life. It really doesn't, and that you can have friendships that not just survive but actually, you know incredible powerful roots that are kind of going through these pivotal moments together it's it's really moving and really special to hear how you've both navigated it so yeah a huge a huge thank you for your time ladies it's been amazing and I thank actually I, really, I could talk I could talk about so many different things with you guys you've got so many I have to have you back on yes a lot there's a lot that you you know, that you cover and that you speak about. But everyone can go and find you on your own podcast, which is Am I Overreacting, which is brilliant. Um, and on your own platforms as well. <laughs> my brain, I'm sorry, my brain is still COVID fog, but I will definitely make sure I put this properly in the show notes. But you are Am- Amber Itso so on Instagram. And Annabelle, you are Annabelle Gurnit, are on yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. She said my name right. <laughs> when I you know, know how happened? to say your name, Itso. So it so not iso yeah exactly you don't say pizza
1: pizza but
2: thank you guys it.
1: it's been a brilliant
2: chat and I really appreciate it and I'm oh sure- no it's been an absolute joy I feel like I need to message Amber after this and be like love you I know can I just say this is the nicest Annabelle's ever been to me
0: yeah. <laughs> <I valentine laughs> out. Annabelle does not do love and emotions
2: I'm very love it.
0: But this, you know, it, it about was- our
1: friendship <laughs> <laughs> it was Valentine's Day yesterday and you know I um sharing this as a, as, you know, friendship, relationship, all your relationships and expressing that love and like what what people in your life mean to you, it can be a really powerful thing. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, go and tell your friends how much you love them and how it's much.
0: It's great. I tell Annabelle how much I love her and she sits and goes.
1: Thanks. thanks.
0: <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm your I'm like you, Amber. I tell everyone how much I know. Oh, I, I love, love it. You. I'm I'm an oversharer, I'm an over lover. I'm just
1: oh, give everyone everything. Here you go. Lovely. Um all right, my my love.
2: Thank you so much for your thanks time. for having us. Thank you. It's been great.
1: A great big thank you to Amber and Annabelle. Go and have a listen to their podcast, Am I Overreacting? And you can find them both on Instagram at Annabelle Gurnett and at Amber Rizzo. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do go and leave a review on Apple, or Spotify, wherever you like to leave your reviews. You can also email me hello at fertilityliferuff.com with anything you'd like to hear talked about. And don't forget to head over to fertilityliferuff.com for support and so much more. See you next time. Take care.